The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everybody out there, thanks for tuning into the Boston Podcast. We appreciate you sharing this show. We love those downloads. We've been looking at the numbers, and we've been impressed at the way you folks are spreading the love and somewhat curious about why you have so much time on your hands. No, I don't want to say that. We've got a great show for you today. Hey, kids, do you brand yourself? Do you have a personal brand? And I don't mean, did you go to the dude ranch and get a cattle prod on your arm and you have something or something like that. That's not the kind of brand we're talking about. We're talking about your whole personal world. I have someone who's going to explain it to me today. He is the main man, what CEO, founder, executive, uh, everything. The whole What's your thing. title? The Pr- whole thing. It's actually principal. My business principal. card says principal. Principal. His name is Rob Levinson. The name of the company is Leverage. And he's here in studio with us today. See, when you brand yourself well, your fans just follow you around. Sometimes I just hold that sound effect very dearly near to my heart when I feel lonely. So It's working. <laughs> we sh- I should have had the microphones rolling earlier because we had a really good chat about what he does. And, and geez, we talked about a lot of stuff before we even got started. Shame on me. Just kidding. The microphones were rolling the whole time. No, they weren't. So Leverage is the name of the company. By the way, lest I forget, let, let's leverage... So let's as an L-E-T-S. Do I have it right? Uh, it's actually Leverage Advisors is the name of the company. Le- okay, I'm sorry. Leverage Advisors is the name of the company. Leverage Advisors. But you brand yourself as Leverage. No? See what I did there? Yeah, that's no. right. <laughs> Not Leverage Advisors. Thank you, Rob. And letsleverage.com is the website. You can find out what he does. So you, you were telling me earlier that you had a career in advertising and you, you sat kind of would it be fair to say had this epiphany? You saw the light. You saw that people hiring you for advertising wanted certain things. The dynamic wasn't clear until you said what people need and companies need is an overall brand. So tell us, tell us about that, that whole scope, that vision. What I help companies do is figure out their best position in the marketplace. And then once determining what market space they should be in, how to best articulate their offer. Okay. So companies come to me if they are known for one thing but want to be known for something else, mm-hmm. or they might have a new CEO who wants to put his or her thumbprint on the on the brand. There might be a new capital infusion. There's a change, right? and they want to make a move. So I have a, a methodology to help them figure out the smartest way for them to reposition, evolve, and grow. So I just thought of an example, and you tell me if this is on point or not, but okay. Netflix. You remember when Netflix started? Yes, the red box. Okay. The red box, right. And so what you would do is you would go online and you have a, a queue of videos that you're interested in, and then they would send them to you, right? right. And now, in as, oh, by the way, I forgot to say Netflix. You know, you, you can't say it without playing the sound effect, right? Then they decided, I heard it happened to be comedian John Mulaney who said, yeah, Netflix is, they were a company that, that 
used to send out videos upon your request and you'd go online and have a queue and then they shifted gears and decided to take over the world and that's what they did right. <laughs> now of course it wasn't that simple but they, but that p- they pivoted techno- right? that was new technology that enabled them to do that they didn't that's just right. change their mind right but they didn't change the name of their company no they did not but yep. they changed they changed the story and what it meant for its customers right that's what that's what in, in a perfect world they would have hired me to do that okay and what would you have said well because they were known for one thing and they wanted to take their story and whatever equity they had in the Netflix brand name and say, you know us as this, now think of us like that. That right. was that was a big leap for them to make, actually. They clearly did the right thing, I guess. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So give us a give us a, a different example, either from your world or either someone you've worked with or hasn't, that had that had to do that shift, that transformation and be something else. And you help guide them along. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I and done mo- my background is in consumer products mm-hmm. um, as a consultant or with you know leverage advisors i've been working in more to be the b2b space mm-hmm. uh, so i'll work for you know technology companies or finance companies that the the changes that they make they're not, they're not wholesale changes like business models necessarily as much as wanting to to grow and evolve mm-hmm. so i wish i had some super sexy examples for you that would be extraordinarily meaningful, but I don't think I really actually do. There's one in the news recently. I, I don't know if this is on point or not, but my former employer, Morgan Stanley, has announced, I haven't even read about this. I just saw the headline. I'm a terrible, terrible clickbait person, but they're uh, purchasing E-Trade, yes. as I understand it, yeah. right? And so having been in that industry, I know that E-Trade was often a competitor to not only Morgan Stanley, but all the White Houses, basically every financial advisor in town. It's like, right. it's like I, no, I don't, I'm not going to pay a financial advisor. I'm going to do it myself. Now, could we're speculating here, I guess, but could you know they be on the verge of rebranding or changing what they are? No, no? I doubt it. That's that, I, I'm familiar with that. Yep. Um, E-Trade, uh, I, I believe the E-Trade models, you don't get any advice, do you? No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So you have you have the speed, the economy, and the efficiency of E-Trade backed by the brilliance of Morgan Stanley. Okay. So that's, that's the one-two punch. Right. So um, give us an example of where people miss the boat. What, why why people should come to you when we've, they've been doing it wrong. Give, okay. give me an example of that. I have a great example. So I um, had as a client... Um, a medical device company, let's call it that. And okay. they're local, so I'm not going to tell you who they are. And uh, they've been around for about 30 years. It's a sex toy company, isn't it? It is not. Oh. My clients are not that interesting or fun. <laughs> it's okay. not sex toy. I know the guy, sorry for the parentheses, I know the guy who is, is introducing sex toys to Walmart. I don't haven't seen them in Walmart yet. Maybe they're in the back. I don't know. A different story. Sorry. You go ahead, please. I think that might be a better story. Than <laughs> no, I couldn't resist. When you said medical device, let's just call them that. That's why I, okay. I, was, so, I was goofing. Okay. So medical device a company. medical device company, and they were founded about 30 years ago, and they have a technology that can see through things. So they have the technology to do PET scans and MRIs and mammograms. Wow. And, you know, it, it, it's an extremely important um product sure but that same product can also look through suitcases so they do Mm. they do airport security and they do you know medical devices okay Mm -hmm. fine so as part of my methodology whenever i work for a company i always interview senior management and i ask them a key of uh, a a number of questions relating specifically to their brand and they tell me who they are 
and I tend to believe who they are. And once I'm done doing the internal research, I then speak to their customers and their clients. So when I spoke to them internally, they kept on saying, we're innovative, we're cutting edge, we are, you know, industry leaders, blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. So that's what I hear from them. And Mm. then I speak to their clients, and I'm just not hearing that. Mm. I'm not hearing innovative. I'm not hearing technologically advanced, none of that stuff. So then I start leading the witness. And I said, well, does this company do this or that? And they say, yeah, well, 30 years ago they did when they launched with this disruptive technology, but recently not so much. So then as the clients were saying, now they do something different. Now they do that. They were holding on to the image of themselves from 30 years ago. Mm. But I had to go back to them and say, okay, I've spoken to the market and they don't see you that way. Mm. And if we go out with that as your positioning in your narrative, the market's going to snicker. They're not going to believe you. So there's an example of the work that I do. People or companies perceive themselves as one thing, but I have to be the checks and balances and say, well, that's not actually accurate. However, I said, if, if you can give me one or two data points to support this, then we'll go out with it, but they couldn't. Mm. So that's an example of, of a company doing it wrong. Had they not hired me or someone like me to test the waters, they would have gone out with a position that wasn't going to resonate with the marketplace. You must be in the position of having to tell people they're wrong. And that I, I've, all, I've found in the past that that's, that can go a couple different ways. You know, I mean, you, you kind of poke holes in people and, and they their inclination might be to resist, which is just human. But then it's like, well, I hired you. I should listen to you. Does everyone always listen? Well, it's interesting because qualities that did not serve me well personally have (laughs) served me well professionally. Okay. Because when you hire someone to come in, I get hired for my, um, my alleged expertise and objectivity. Mm -hmm. So when I go into a client, I don't have an agenda. I, I, there are no politics. There's no posturing. I'm not trying to be anyone's friend. I'm not looking for for a raise or mm. you know anything like that. So I I can go in and be extraordinarily blunt and then leave. And I like that. And it works. And I've never ever had a client say I had stepped over the line. Personally, I heard that many times. Professionally, <laughs> not ever. What is the difference between a brand for a company and a personal brand people throw the term around a lot like oh well that's on brand for him that's on brand for her you know they're actually remarkably similar okay because okay do you want to hear what i do yeah okay so i will cut you off at the moment it gets boring or, will, play, I, or play a sound effect of some sort okay i try i, I strive to never be boring although yeah. hmm. so this is exactly what i do if someone hires <laughs> well, oh sorry yeah Hit the right. wrong button okay <laughs> so when Somebody hires me, it's a four-step process, and it's not rocket science, and there are a lot of other people that do it as well, but no one else is me, so that's why I feel free sharing this methodology. Mm -hmm. The first thing I do for a client who basically says, Rob, we need to change, we need to grow, we need to evolve. The first thing I do is what I call communications audit. I look at how they currently go to market. I look at their website, their sales tools, their PowerPoints, the trade should booth, yada, yada. So I put myself in the shoes of the uninitiated. If I know nothing, what are you telling me? That's the first thing I do. The second thing I do is we identify competitors. Well, what are they saying? Mm-hmm. So if I go to one of your competitors, what are they offering that you're not offering? Uh, the third thing I do is qualitative research. And as I said earlier, I speak to people internally and then I speak to uh, their clients. And the, the brand lives somewhere between the two. 
mm-hmm. the truth and the reality. So it's basically um, those three things. And once I have aggregated all this information, I kind of put it through the, a computer in my brain and I develop a presentation that will uh, have pull quotes from the interviews. I'll do a SWOT analysis. I'll pick out the uh, key themes, the, uh, key opportunities, and everything I do is reduced to one slide. And I have done this everything from three guys starting a consulting firm in their basement to GE. I can get any uh, any business down to three key feature and benefit combination sets. Mm-hmm. Am I am I losing you? A little. Okay. No, no, no. I'm no, I'm 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 joshing. But but what you're saying is, once you distill everything, it it actually comes typically comes down to something simple. I, you need to be this, this, and this. Yes. Well, here's the thing, David. Okay. Even though I'm personally very long-winded, what I'm best at doing is making a long story short. Okay. And I used to tell my clients yep. I could get their brands, uh, their brand story down to a tweet, which everyone thought was so funny. This yep. was six or seven years ago. Now we can get it down to a hashtag because you can mm. only have the one or two word association. So once I go through all this process and I come with my key features and benefits, once I get sign off on that, that's when I can create all my deliverables. This is, a, I think, a big problem in the professional world generally. I've been in many networking groups over the years, and we, we've done exercises where we try to get people to be known for a thing. And so you mentioned lawyers, like, uh, or maybe that was before we started recording, I don't remember. But um, lawyers struggle with this because they... Um, it's not enough to say I'm a lawyer and I, some people say I'm a lawyer. Well, what do you do? Well, I sue people. If you need to sue a company, call me. It's like, that's not enough. Like there's a, there's a guy I had on the show recently, uh, shout out to my friend, Al DiNapoli. But as it happens, he was on the show talking about this winery he opened, but in the course of his professional pursuits, he found that he was handling a lot of cases having to do with alcohol licensing. So, you know, and you know, that's a, a you need lawyers for that. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so he became known playfully as Al his guy's name's Al, Al for alcohol. So when you think of any case involving alcohol and so, I mean, that's his niche and it doesn't come up. It, it doesn't come up that often. You have to be careful to make sure they know it's a professional thing. And well, I was going to say. And then the winery is actually kind of on brand for him. Like he opened a, a winery. Like that, that's just because his family is passionate about wine. Nevertheless, he got that down to one thing. And, you know, I, when I was a financial advisor, I tried to brand myself as the special needs guy. It's not very catchy, but I wanted to work with a particular brand of client that had challenges, families, special needs near and dear to my heart. Of course, I have a son with autism, blah, blah, blah. But do you see where I'm going there? Am, am I am I barking up the right tree here in terms of people don't necessarily can never really get to that hashtag or what? And thank God they can't. That's why they hired me. Yeah, right. I'm okay. Delighted right. they can't get there. Right. Yes. So yeah. So, but give me an example. Give me an example from either someone you've worked with or they can't get down to the hashtag because what? I mean, they know what they do, right? Yes, of course they know what they do, but but. As is evidenced in this conversation, most people don't actually care that much about what you do. They want just it to be done. Right. So a lot of times people want to go into painstaking detail about their process and methodology, as I just did. Mm-hmm. And people don't actually care. They just want it to be done, I think. Mm-hmm. So when you think about um, what your hashtag is, it's not so much what you do, but what's the benefit you give to those who hire you. Right. Okay. So that's why mine is long story short, mm-hmm. because that's what I have discovered. That's your hashtag. Long story it, it short. It is. Yep. It's long story short because mm-hmm. that's people don't read that much anymore, mm-hmm. and you need to get key words, key images, key thoughts, and that's it. We'll take a brief break here. Uh, later in the show, 
Rob has a recommendation for an awesome new restaurant when we play good stuff. And I have a recommendation for a TV show that you're not watching that you should be. How's that for a teaser, kids? It's what we cut. It's a podcast talk teaser. Yeah, you get it. Anyway, but I need to tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? We can produce one for you, kids, whether you are a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. You need to develop the brand for your company or your person, people. We need to get your hashtag, and we need to get you talking behind this microphone because a good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, quite literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message, build relationships, clients, centers of influence, and folks of all kinds will delight in being a guest on your show. You come right in here to our Westwood studios. Be part of the pod revolution, kids. Visit pod617.com in pod we trust. I just keep saying pod. Like it's 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 kind of it's it's suggestive. It's I don't know. Um so why do you like what you do? Let's presume that you do. Oh, I love what I do. Tell me why. Uh, this is going to sound so corny, but I kind of like helping people. <laughs> no, really, yeah, I do okay. because you know what? I, I I don't struggle to find words. I don't struggle to articulate things. I've been in marketing my whole life, and it's a good thing because that's all any of us are doing anymore is marketing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it comes very easily to me. And um, I thought for a long time that if it came easily to me, it would come easily to anybody. But in fact, that's not really true. And at the end of the day, what I help people do is articulate their offer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I get tremendous satisfaction out of it. A lot of things we struggle with, I think, are not knowing how to say something. And I think this goes across a, a broad spectrum of moments in our life. We don't know, for example, let's say you know, you're a professional of some sort, you want to meet wealthy people. Most professionals do. I don't know because they can pay their bills. But And there are people in your life that you see, let's say, like at the coffee shop or you see them at your church or temple or whatever. And you say to yourself, that would be a good client for me. But I don't want to ask the wrong way. Right. I don't want to like impose. I don't want to be salesy to my next door neighbor. Right. And there's but there's always a way of crafting that. This is a little off kilter from what, what you do in your I mean. You know, it's not completely on point, but um, am I right? Am I am I right about that? Do you agree? I'm not sure what your point is. Well, then get out of my studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm drawing up. I'm drawing a comparison. What, what, David, like what's your question? There's a <laughs> no further questions. The show is over. Thank you for listening to uh, the Boston Podcast. We'll see you next time. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but um, no, I guess what I'm saying is. Um, a lot of explaining what you do is a challenge in the old and and explaining what you do in a way that kind of gets people interested and say, Oh, I didn't realize you did that. Right. And you know, the cliche is the elevator speech, but like it, it, it happens. Yes. No. And people panic. Right. Um, So can I just, will you indulge me with a little story? Absolutely. It's a podcast. So I, um, I have, at the time, I have two daughters, but at the time my younger daughter was uh, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I had recently gotten divorced. And when when, um, when I got divorced, I took my daughter away, just the two of us every year. We went on these wonderful trips together. Cool. And that was my way of being re- somewhat relevant in her life. And I'll never forget, she was 13 years old and we were in um, Santa Monica. It was like February. We were visiting my brother in Los Angeles, went to Santa Monica, we went to the beach. And it was cold. Mm-hmm. And we're walking down the beach. And she did not want to be with me because you know, yeah. she was 13 and I was her dad, whatever. We're walking down the beach. And she said, Dad, would you take a picture? 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sure, I will. At which point she whips off her hoodie mm-hmm. and her jeans, and she has some smoking little bikini on. Mm-hmm. And she's walking in the water, and she's doing all her um, poses. <laughs> and I'm taking yeah. pictures. I'm thinking to myself, what just why, happened? <laughs> why, why is she doing this? A, she's with her dad. Doesn't want anyone to know that. Yeah. B, we're not really at the beach, we're walking on the beach and, and, cold. and see it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then I realized because she was taking those pictures and posting them on Instagram. Mm. And that was, she wanted to market to her friends that she was on break and she was at the beach in California. Oh, so yeah. it wasn't actually even a true event or a happy event. It's the story she wanted to tell. Yeah. And so I think younger people now, they've been marketing themselves through just to stay socially relevant on social media. Yeah. So they don't have as much trouble with it as people older than them. Mm. And yet there's, there's something sinister about it, isn't it? Or just <laughs> disturbing, you know, not, I'm not, I'm not picking on your daughter. I'm saying that you've just, I was, you, okay. <laughs> yeah. You've just described all of Instagram. No, it, it was fat, but it was fascinating to me because yeah. my point is you said it's hard for people to articulate themselves, but here is that, that generation where they've learned from a very young age to market the story of their lives. They want told. So you never see someone posting a picture of them crying alone in their room Mm -hmm. you know or not being invited to a party it's all the happy pretty stuff yeah and there's an art form to that right and and the thing that strikes us i think is we we didn't have that when we when you and i were growing up of course not and but but what of that what of that phenomenon is it is it i mean some people say you know it's it's become a running joke like your instagram life is not your real life correct and yet there seems to be a cottage industry, which is maybe part and parcel of what you do. But is it is it, it like, um, ultimately? Did you say sort of understand? Well, your daughter, that's just the way she's she's creating something. It might not be her, but it's okay. Or is it bad? Or what is it? Well, I didn't actually have that conversation with her. Right. But I mean that that is her world. Right. Um, but let me cut to today because in addition to um, branding global companies. I, uh, I've been a guest lecturer at the BU Question School of Management for like five or six years in mm. their um, in their MBA program, and I've been teaching personal branding workshops, mm-hmm. basically uh, explaining the process I go through for branding a company and how it can be applicable to someone's personal life. Because here are people about to graduate their M- MBA and they need to market themselves. So I've been doing it for years and years. And I got a phone call about a month ago from the professor in that class who said, do you remember so-and-so from the class last spring? Well, of course I didn't. But this guy this guy graduated in May and cannot find a job. Mm. And so he called the professor and said, I can't find a job. And she said, well, why do you think? And he said, I think it's the way I present myself. Okay. So I'm doing personal branding for him right now. And it's fascinating because here's someone who is multilingual. He's traveled all over the world. He's had great jobs. He doesn't know how to walk into the room. Mm. So I'm helping him. I'm looking, I've helped him with his resume. I have given him some coaching. I've helped develop an elevator speech for him, some key messages. And he, he's just old enough that he missed that whole, this is how you market yourself as a person. Right. So, um, and I really, I really enjoy being able to help someone and give him confidence to get a job. Do you actually coach people on on Instagram? I mean, is that part of coach them on their their presentation? What they put on Instagram? Yeah, no one's asked me, but I probably would. You probably could, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's by the way, uh, you said Santa. You were in Santa Monica with your daughter. Do you know um, what uh, situation comedy took place in Santa Monica? Oh my God, I'm usually good at this. Very popular in the 70s. 
Um, the, Is that Baywatch? No, good guess. Um, Three's Company. Three's Company. Oh. That took place in Santa Monica. The great, the late great John Ritter. Right. We miss him. Um, so once again, if you want more information on Rob, it's letsleverage.com. Leverage, advi- Leverage Advisors. Leverage Advisors. Leverage Advisors. Leverage Advisors is the name of the company. And if you want to email Rob, go for it, kids. Rob at letsleverage.com. All right. You ready for your uh, kick-ass re- restaurant recommendation? I forgot what it was. All right. Well, we'll pull it up. Don't worry. We're going to play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Well, you were saying. I actually was at a place called the Dorchester. Mm-hmm. There was some big event there some friends were having, and then we wanted Mexican food. There it's it called, yeah, it's called Ghost Pepper. And literally, I went I went online, and I Googled Mexican restaurants near me. Okay. And Ghost Pepper came up, and, uh, it was very, and it was very much a neighborhood place. It had a really great vibe about it. The bartender was excellent. The drinks were good. The food was I would say to get a margarita. I just got straight tequila. Wow. It's just easier. <laughs> it's just easier. Now, are you one that knows the difference between the Anejo and the uh, something ho? And there were three different kinds of tequila, right? I learned this Re- not Reposado. too long ago. I, I get the Reposado, right? which is sort okay. of like in the middle. And I said to the bartender, he said, well, we have 80 different tequilas. I said, I'm not, <laughs> oh, I'm not fancy, right? but I don't want swill. So he made a recommendation <laughs> that was good. And the food was great. And it was... I thought very reasonably priced, a good vibe, and it was just it was just cool. It, w- it was cool. Chips and salsa on the table? Not, yeah, no, you have to you ask have. for it. Yeah. It had a big horseshoe bar. Oh, okay. Which was very cool. Well, was it, is it Tex-Mex or Mexican? No, I guess it's, just, it's Mexican. It's old school Mexican. Tequila bar, yeah. But it's, um, it, was, yeah. it was wonderful. It was, it was a surprise, and I like, I like finding myself someplace random and just say, find X near me, and there I go. I'll yeah. try anything once. Yeah. I love Mexican food. I've always loved Mexican food. Um, Tex-Mex, Mex, whatever. But this place, Ghost Pepper, I, w- I will try it. I would like to go. Seven, in Seven Hill, which is not, not, you wouldn't think necessarily a hotbed of international cuisine, but what the hell. And uh, they they post uh, tacos, tostadas, poop. Pupusas? What the heck is a pupusa? Unclear. I would like to. Unclear is right. I'd like to know. All right, kids. Well, if you like the tequila and you like the, you get uh, tequila on the rocks. You get it um, straight up, neat on the rocks. On the rocks. Okay. With the lime. Okay. So I have a recommendation for a show. Have you seen a show called Doctor Foster? No, Rob, I, no. I like okay. it already. Yeah. Um, so this is a show that uh, my girlfriend discovered. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Dr. Foster. Let's play the trailer and then I'll explain what this thing is all about because you should be watching the show. Um, toast to Gemma. She's a wonderful mother, a talented doctor. I'd be nothing without her. So she sees a blonde hair. I found a long blonde hair on Simon's scarf. And you think he's been with someone else? I want to know what's happening. You still don't trust me. It doesn't make sense. Dr. Foster starts November 17. I guess that was, I don't know what November 17 that was, because there's, there's already two seasons of this show, and yet I don't think it gets talked about. You hadn't heard of it, had, had you, Rob? Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a BBC show. It's one of these shows that, you know, it doesn't fit into, like, well, I like shows about X, I like shows about Y. You know, I don't like shows about, you know, uh... Uh, romance. I don't like shows that I don't like action. No matter what you like, you like the show. I guarantee it. It's the twists and turns. So as you can hear, 
she's um, a well-to-do doctor and things seem to be great. And then one day she finds a blonde hair on her husband's scarf or something. And she starts to wonder, does he have, and I can tell you, I don't want to, no spoilers here. She uncovers something that is, it, it, it's startling. And then just when you think that the show is going to turn one way, it turns the other way. Um, like a lot of these BBC, BBC shows, the actors and actresses look vaguely familiar from other things, but, but there's no like there's no Star. like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie or anybody. I don't know why I mentioned those two, but um, or, <laughs> they go together sometimes. They used to, um, but but um, you might recognize the act. One of the actresses in this show plays the villain on the show um, Killing Eve, which is the Sandra Oh show that won oh. all kinds of awards a couple of years ago. Um, it's just well done. They do things that the, the TV and BBC, they, they always seem to be shorter than the stuff they turn out in the U.S., but the, the, the quality is just excellent. So have I enticed you to watch Dr. Foster? You certainly have. It's yes. right at my alley. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it's uh, so check it out. It's quick. I've been I'm halfway into binging it. And, um, you know, there's there's intrigue. There's, uh, you know, a little bit of romance and sex and stuff. If you like that sort of thing, I don't know, people, but um, check it out. That's my recommendation. So we're up against the clock here. Uh, Rob, did you enjoy your stay here on the Boston podcast? It was the best time I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I detect a notice. I've never, been so, I've never been so happy as All this right. moment. Well, well, very good. Well, let, let's, let's, we'll give you one more uh, plug. We'll give you one more sort of at bat here. P- people should, people in the professional world or if they have a business, they should contact you if what? Is there a moment in time where they should say yes? Yeah, the moment of time is that whatever they're doing is not working and they're looking to grow, evolve, change, tighten up. See, he can say things shorter than most of you could and he didn't stammer at all because long story short, long story short, or as they say around here, long story short, hey, long story short, you know, not for nothing, but you're a a freaking awesome guest on the Boston Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I've loved it. My pleasure. It's Rob Levinson from Leverage Advisors, letsleverage.com. Check him out. On behalf of Rob, I want to thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. Please share this podcast. Share the love. Go to pod617.com if you're interested in your own podcast. And go to the App Store and do me a favor. Download the Adori app. That's A-D-O-R-I. Your podcast will come to life. All of our podcasts are on that platform. Search for Pod 617. You'll see all the shows. And the podcast will then appear. Like uh, Rob said, nobody reads anymore. We want the images shoved in our face. And that's what happens when you download the Adori app. Once again, on behalf of Rob from Leverage Advisors, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Must be the other guys.